0: what's up ladies and gentlemen welcome to another episode of sovereign mindset my name is mike ruiz and today i'm going to be speaking with neil barnes this is actually a conversation that we had over a twitter spaces and it is the first episode of a series of what i'm calling strongman conversations this is where i will be interviewing people who are taking my strongman transformation challenge where i help men become the best versions of themselves so we're going to be talking about a lot of things here, but primarily personal development and how to build yourself into becoming a better, stronger man. With that said, I hope you guys enjoy. I will see you around. What's up, Neil? Welcome to Strongman Conversations, episode one. You're the first person, the first strong man I'm having a conversation with. So, um Neil, can you tell us? A little bit about your background who you are and what you're about would love to hear it
1: thanks michael yeah um so as you may be able to tell from my accent i'm from britain um i'm 48 uh, my background i used to work in finance at jp morgan um and i went off to work in china for a while um came back to the uk uh, probably about 15 years ago, um, really saw a change in the country even then. Like, probably noticing most that the sort of social contract had been broken, the possibility to work hard and buy a home was diminishing, um, rely, like, the longevity of jobs was dissolving. Um, didn't really matter, it didn't seem to matter who you voted for in terms of politics. You got the same kind of bag anyway. And, um, at that point, I was really starting to think, um, how do I fit into the world and how do I fit into this country? So uh, probably about that point is when I really started to examine myself and begin a kind of getting to know Neil journey. Um just some other maybe bits of background that might help. Um, I've studied martial arts since I was a kid. Um I have a strong interest in finance, I have a strong interest in in maths, uh, philosophy, and I've studied psychology as well and psychotherapy. Um, I almost qualified as a counsellor, but decided that wasn't the route for me. Um, And uh, I have a lot of friends that have very similar sort of thoughts. The past two years were a real um, eye opener as to. To me, at least to just how far narratives can be twisted and how compliant people can become. And I think the thing that really stood out for me was like the division amongst people that's been created and how few people I felt have acted with integrity over these past few years. So that really amped up my personal growth and particularly a focus around sovereignty, integrity, and um, really supporting myself through uh, owning my own businesses, generating my own incomes. Um, and in some ways kind of like just taking a stand for what I think is right and what is um, rational and good in the world because it feels like it's uh, had a really rough time in the past decade or so, but particularly the last few years.
0: Cool. Yeah, man. Um, Interesting. Interesting background. Interesting story. Um, I'm curious to get into some of it. So you worked at J.P. Morgan in finance?
1: Uh, That's right. Yeah, in London. Um, um go ahead.
0: And uh and then went to China. Were you working for JP Morgan over there as well?
1: No, it's that was quite interesting. So when I was working for JP Morgan, um one of my clients was Astrazeneca. Um the wow, that's interesting. Company. Yeah, and then I had another client, uh, Raytheon Technologies. Um and I started to have a real struggle of consciousness of conscious uh, about working with these organizations um and i raised some concerns within the bank and was um told best to be quiet at the same time one of my close friends was in china where he was working with the uh, internet startups and he just said this he said it's like the wild west out there this was what, 1999 2000 so a very different china to to now and uh he said just and because i used to study kung fu and so did he um he was like just come out here have some fun learn some really interesting martial arts and see what opportunities come up. So um, I quit working at the bank and I went out there and did all sorts of very interesting and different things that I wasn't expecting to do. First thing was learning Mandarin, which um, it took me about a year or so and practicing martial arts in the gardens of the temple of heaven on a Saturday morning. And just, it was a pretty, it was a very, very interesting time.
0: Yeah, that sounds that sounds pretty cool. That's always uh, got to be like a, a really profound uh, experience when you get such a cultural shift, you know, and um, and experience life a different way. And not only that, but learn a language that's completely completely foreign. Like uh, yeah, <laughs> so very cool. And so, w- when did you come back from China, back to the UK?
1: So I was there for. Probably about five to almost six years. Um, as, we was, as it was uh, approaching the Beijing Olympics, the air quality in Beijing was becoming really, really bad. Um, I had a friend who was um, a US Marine. He was, in a, he was about 60 years old and um, he died from like um, asphyxiation, essentially. And so a bunch of us just said, like, let's get out of here. And I first I moved to Massachusetts, to Hyannis. I had a a friend that had, um, the company he worked for was based there. And I had a couple of other friends that had just got into Harvard. Um, So we all kind of moved to the East Coast of the US for a while. And then I probably got back to the UK around 2007, 2008, around that time.
0: Gotcha. And so around during that time, I mean, that's when we had... Uh, kind of the housing bubble collapse here, the financial crash, and I'm sure the ripple effects made its way throughout the world. And that's when you started getting kind of disillusioned with a lot of the socioeconomic um, situation that's that's occurring. Is that, is that fair to say?
1: Yeah, I, I think that is. I mean, I was you know, very fortunate to have had a job with J.P. Morgan prior to leaving the country and was paid uh, an enormous amount of money, uh, more than I could spend. So I hadn't felt anything around like financial crisis. Um, Living in China was really interesting because there was a lot more poverty then and people were so industrious and so entrepreneurial and very very family orientated, different from Britain and I actually really connected with the Chinese culture and I think mean, that shifted me a lot. Um, so forget the Chinese government, but the Chinese people—I was felt a great deal of love towards, and was treated with amazing hospitality pretty much the whole time I was there. Um, coming back, I was like, "Why are we not taking advantage of all all that we have here?" Right? No, there's there's a lot in Britain to take advantage of, and it, I just felt then immediately that just that difference in energy, where the Chinese were working really really hard creating something for their future despite the way the government functions and then I come back to britain which has you know a fairly decent democracy for what democracy is nowadays um certainly got a lot of opportunity and people were just flat like there's just no energy like people were just sh- quite sheepish you know um I was like something this, something doesn't feel right here um and then, of course, as you say, um, the 2008, it was really a global economic crisis so, or a global recession. And that really hit. Um, and the realization that the mortgage companies and the banks, because we bailed out all the banks here, now these organizations have run themselves poorly and under a proper free market would have collapsed and would have been replaced with something, hopefully, that functions better. And they were propped up. With taxpayers' money, um, and and that was never returned, as far as I know. It was meant to be, but it wasn't. It popped up, and that money was basically dished out as bonuses to the bankers, and just the, and, the, and the failing of the capitalism to actually do what it should be doing. And I realise we don't even have like proper capital markets in the UK anymore. Um, we have a central bank. is is, is about as Communists you can get when it comes to <laughs> anyway.
0: <right? laughs> yeah you know it's, it's it's around that time 2006, 2007, 2008 that uh, I started really investigating what was happening w- within our financial markets and just the broader socioeconomic landscape in general and mm. um, yeah it was like kind of uh, that those were my red pill years where I was really uh, where I really came to question a lot of narratives I was just fresh out of college as well just graduated from um, Florida State University with accounting and finance degree and then here I am learning about the way the financial and monetary systems work which is which was quite the eye-opener because you would think this is the stuff they would teach you in university but uh, I had to learn on the interwebs and YouTube and stuff like that and it was it was a uh, it was a incredible realization to understand how central banking works and uh, just how big of a scam it is. And then, on mm-hmm. top of that, with the backdrop of two thousand eight uh, financial collapse, it's just—I mean—I was just like my world totally did a one hundred and eighty, where I my my, my worldview. And um, yeah, ever since then, kind of been on this uh, path of—I uh, don't know—discovering uh, truth and, and then realizing, hey, that. systems that we're living under they don't align with who i am and uh my purpose and my mission and just my overall um being on this earth and so trying to discover personal sovereignty and how to create as much of it as possible has been uh has
1: been my path from (laughs) from there on out yeah that's it's really interesting like i Felt very, I'd say, very lonely uh, when I really started to get an understanding of this. And I had a few friends that shared my perspective, but mm-hmm. weren't really engaging with perhaps change for themselves. They're kind of like shrug their shoulders and go, "You know, it is what it is." And and I'd say "I don't care how it is. It's not how I want to be." Um, so it's taken a long while to really establish. Um, who it is that I am, mm-hmm. and what my values are. Um, I ended up in therapy for five years because I really struggled with it. I must admit, I had a, a very difficult time. Um, and I've always been, I say always, I was raised by a fairly anti-establishment um family. So um I was trying to, I was bucking against the system anyway. Um But then I was kind of very much alone and without any real guidance. So it's taken a while to kind of figure out um, how to be. Um, And I think that's one of the reasons I ended up joining the Strongman Challenge is because they're really helping to uh, build a solid framework of behavior and values that that becomes consistent and powerful. Um, and something that I can, you know, feel proud of. Yeah,
0: I hear you on that. Um, I, I, I hear you on uh, trying to kind of discover yourself and going through that process and the, mm. and the isolation that occurs with that, um, especially in a world where everybody is basically following a program, right, uh, an established mm. program that has been kind of handed down through... Uh, different elements of society, whether that be the culture, whether that be the institutions. And so, um, breaking free of that almost like breaking free of the matrix and establishing some sort of coherent framework in which you can live your life around has been, uh, you know, that journey has actually been a a blessing too. There's a lot of growth and a lot of, Mm. um, uh, revelations that, that come through that. And so, um, I you know I'm grateful for a lot of that. So I'm curious as far as uh your personal journey um and your therapy you said you you said you studied psychotherapy and you also did go through therapy.
1: Yeah, so I I started um I entered therapy when I was really really struggling to just be bothered. Um I was working for a local government in the UK and um just turning up was become a struggle and i thought to myself no just this isn't um the way to go forward and i had a friend who had a very difficult childhood and she was in therapy and she said it was making a huge difference for her so i contacted her therapist entered therapy and um it was very it was a transformative process within about sort of seven or eight months of being in therapy like many people that go into therapy that you get this kind of you know I want to be a counselor I want to do this for other people too because um, what my therapist was doing for, for me in terms of holding a space where I could really explore myself um, and helping me reflect and, and challenge my own beliefs um, is a really powerful thing and I'm extremely grateful uh, to her for that and so I thought yeah I want to do this too so I started on that pathway and it and it was going pretty well. I really enjoyed learning psychological models, how, how the psyche functions different approaches. Learned a lot of stuff which I could apply to myself and really grow. Um, but unfortunately, the course itself became kind of woke, um, as therapy pretty much has across Canada, the US, the UK, most of the sort of um Anglo-American world or English-speaking world. Um, so I took a decision to write to the university and explain to them that um, I wasn't going to participate in a Marxist psychology that I had no real framing in psychology and that they didn't deserve my money so they weren't going to receive it and um, left the course and decided I stayed in therapy for a bit longer but then got to the point where I said, right, you know, I need to, I need to be able to stand on my own feet that means I need to be able to develop kind of ecology of practices that will strengthen me and that I can rely upon, um, strategies, frameworks, um, processes that, that would give me that sovereignty and independence that I was craving. Um, and the therapy got me into a position where I could do that. Yeah. Gotcha.
0: So it was like your, uh, your stepping stone into like personal development, right. And uh, personal yeah. sovereignty um interesting now is there any like uh particular frameworks or mental models that you you apply on a regular basis or that you have have um, favored you well in in kind of your transformation process
1: yeah um the one that i refer to most is the circle of competence mm-hmm. um so I'm really learning to know what I know and know what I don't know and be honest about that. Mm-hmm. And that gives me the opportunity to direct you know, my awareness uh, into learning what I need to know. And I'm doing that, I think, you know, quite well now. Um, it also has opened me up to be able to turn to other people who have greater competence in something I need and say, yeah, can I employ you? Can I work with you? Can you help me? Whereas, before I would just try to have by myself and would make mistakes and set myself back. Um, so that's been really, really powerful. And first principles, that kind of returning to um yeah, with the, all the noise that's out there now and all just the garbage information like the, the media is a joke. Um, it's become increasingly important to be able to to be able to separate the signal from the noise. And first principles, I think, is a really, really good way to do that. So, as a mental model, returning to first principles and then extrapolating from there, you know, out into second, third order thinking, I think, has been fundamentally powerful tool uh, in being able to develop my own businesses, enter the world with strength and knowledge, um, and results have been fantastic. I also journal a lot and do a lot of exercise. So.
0: Yeah, you know, um, as far as those mental models, that is, um, yeah, those are two, two, two models that I apply to my life as well. And uh, although I didn't think of it as a circle of competence, uh, its it, I mean, it, I didn't have that type of terminology for it. But it mm-hmm. is something that I've now come to apply to my life where I recognize that, hey, if I can surround myself with people who complement me and my journey and my mission – um, then I don't, you know, I don't have to figure it all out. Not only do I, you know, cause I don't have the time to figure it all out, but you know, um, also, you know, it's not my area of expertise or whatnot. So like you, I've been now delegating things to, or yeah, things to my circle of competence. And that also has forced me to get out of my comfort zone and network with people and actually have conversations yeah. with people. And so it's, um, it's something that, has i i would say like uh downstream effects that are also positive um you know in in different areas of your life and just learning how to communicate or how to reach people or how to d- develop the empathy to actually have a, a a conversation all of that stuff uh ties into that model and then the first principles thinking is just a very easy way to determine whether something is right or wrong and um mm. you know you can just use logic to extrapolate out um that situation, whatever situation you find yourself in, in which you have to make that determination, right? Uh, Does it violate, does it violate some fundamental first principle in which I have, I have incorporated into my belief system to, you know, and, um, and then another one that I use is probabilistic thinking also, especially when analyzing things about the future. It's just Mm -hmm. one of those things where, um, you know, There, there are no certainties. There's only probabilities, and so if you can, if you can kind of establish that framework in your mind, it's, it's, it's a lot easier to make sense of things, you know. And you don't, you don't, uh, you don't end up being on the wrong side of things too many times. You just, you more, you recognize the parameters in which certain events can happen, the 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 spectrum in which certain events can happen. So, um, it's it served me well. Um, so it's interesting to hear that from you. It's a, it's validation on my own uh, from my own
1: experience. Yeah, I'm just I'm just thinking about what you're saying about probabilistic thinking, and realizing that it also opens up that acceptance of the possibility of maybe I've got something wrong, so I can change, and so you don't get fixated and idealized. And there's something I've really noticed um, in the public domain at the moment is people are fixated on their position. Um, what they believe to be true, and no amount of evidence to the contrary seems to be able to change people's minds. Um, so so it's, like it's they have this, like, false certainty mm-hmm. driven by a, an ideological position, which to me feels like an emotional anchor and not a rational <clears throat> um, framework of understanding. So I think it's extremely healthy to have that, what you said, um, nothing is certain i think that's extremely valuable and obviously <laughs> fits <fixed> reality <laughs> the idea that you can have any certainty about anything in a world which is where chaos is an element of it is is so i like that one a lot i hadn't really paid attention to that but um i think it's a very very healthy mindset yeah
0: yeah and you're right you're right about today where uh so many people they are they have dug their heels in on their positions. And it's, Mm. it's, it's a weird thing because, you know, when you follow a certain narrative and you dig your heels into that narrative and the people who are driving that narrative seem to be leading it somewhere further and further from reality, it could be a very dangerous thing, right? Like you can be misled and, you know, you can have certain aspects of your life go totally chaotic, because you've grounded yourself into a narrative that that is disconnected from reality. And it's, yeah. it, it's, it's that idea that you have almost identified and wedded yourself to a narrative that creates the problem.
1: I agree completely. Um, I think the only responsibly accountable adult way to be in the world is to constantly learn. Um, and part of that is being able to accept getting things wrong uh, being able to to do things that are good enough and not perfect um and it's actually a very very effective way to develop and grow and if you're looking to gain sovereignty if you're looking to gain integrity um and strength then you need to be able to um and get back up and, and carry on and just go yeah i didn't get that right so what like move on i think that's uh fundamental and i think the rigidity that comes from people in their heels in is having devastating effects on the social norms are just dissolving. Um, some of the stuff that's out there now is just bizarre. <laughs> I just can't even understand how people can hold a perspective as, as wild as some of the things I see on a daily basis now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty wild. So
0: I guess we, um,
1: let, let's get
0: to this point then. So mm. as far as uh, the challenge um, is concerned. What, what made you want to join a challenge? What, what was the catalyst to, to have you commit to leveling up in your life and becoming a stronger man? Um, is it, was it just a, the right time, right place, kind of the, the offer showed up and you were like, yeah, let's do it.
1: Uh, the, the, yeah, the synchronicity as, as Jung would say, was, it was um, astounding. So I come out of therapy probably about six months ago uh, six or seven months ago um, with the express uh, um, mindset that i was going to develop my own practices Um, and i was on i was doing that but quite slowly Um, and then i think the day that you released that challenge to yourself and then, then invited other people i was actually at a my grandfather's brother and my grandfather had passed away, I think the year before. And um, so I was at the funeral, they were reading the eulogy. It was one of the most uh, amazing things I've ever heard. Um, Just about this incredibly strong man that had dedicated his life initially to the military, but he left the military when one of his children, one of my cousins was ill. Um, My great aunt, um went into mental health and was left to raise three children on his own which he did in a in a stellar stellar way and he was constantly a source of light and humor around others but he was also a, a very big strong man and uh by the end of the eulogy i was just like um i i realized that him and his brother my grandfather were the two men that I most looked up to in my life and most most wished to emulate. And they're very family orientated, very socially orientated, but they also just didn't take shit from anybody. Excuse my language. Uh they didn't take any any um yeah. <laughs> I've already said it now, right? So so uh and then we could, we went to the wake and everyone's having fun and joking, which you don't normally have at a wake, but that was very much the nature of of my great uncle. And um I switched on my phone at that point and and got that message. And I was like, yes, this is exactly what I need in terms of making a really serious concerted effort to achieve what I wanted, wanted to. So I had a goal at the time coming into the challenge, which was to put together a set of practices. And the challenge was just like, just there kind of saying, you know, come do it then. Uh, So yeah, straight in.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, that's uh that's pretty cool and um I'm I've now become pr- become much more aware of synchronicity in my life and I mm. attach a little bit more significance to it than I I have in my past. I thought at you know, I thought at one point that it's just kind of woo-woo and like it's more so just coincidence and you you know, people attach their own uh, emotional perspective to it, but now I um I don't think that way anymore. I think that, the, yeah. the, I think that God shows us signs and tries to lead us down the right path. And it's up to us whether we open up our hearts, minds, and soul to listen to him. And so, yeah, um, that's pretty cool. Now, h- how's it been so far? How's the challenge been so far? Has it helped you in creating that kind of structure that you needed for your life?
1: Yeah, very quickly. So um, one of the things that you provided was an accountability sheet, which um, I mean, other people might know of something similar, like a habit tracker. And so the first thing was actually to, that was a framework for me to list all of the different things that I wanted to to achieve. So that was, there were values in there, there were behaviors, um, it was quite goal-oriented. So like the development of, of my private business outside of my work, um, so I was like okay great I've got a framework and I've got accountability to myself and to the group um, so that start that was the starting point I was like yeah really happy with this this really works um, and but very quickly I was quite quite amazed uh shifted from the goals from being goal driven to to being like how do I live this every day when this challenge is over how do I carry on in this way and so then it's become about who am I and how do I behave in accordance to who I w- wish to be as a man? Um, so th- th- that's a really challenging question of what does it mean to be a good man or a strong man has come out of entering the challenge. Um, and I, I feel like I'm getting there with a- answering that. Um, and so now it's about how do I show up every single day? And um, the accountability sheet is one of the many tools within the group that helps me do that. So I'm doing really well from it. And it's been challenging, like genuinely challenging, um, which is, uh, this is not easy. Yeah. You know,
0: you said a few things there. Um, So number one, and this is the stuff that I'm learning from it as well. Um, So number one, it's the, the, um, the acknowledgement of what it is that you need to work on right so just going through that Mm. process of identifying those aspects of your life that need work on is in itself a major milestone right it's a it's a period of self-reflection and where we have to be honest with ourselves Um, yeah it's quite humbling yeah it's a very humbling experience Uh, the second thing is the tracking which i've never done Mm. in my life and tracking something provides immediate feedback and the feedback, the data that, that comes back from it, it lets you know whether you're on track to meeting, you know, your goals or not. And also the goals itself, they become a part of you, right? So the more you Mm -hmm. can identify with your goals. So for instance, if you're trying to lose weight, you know, you, you're not a person trying to lose weight. You're a person who runs every day or you're a person who works out every day. And so, Mm -hmm. Re-establishing your identity to, to form around your goals is a very powerful tool. It's a very powerful behavior. It's something that I did um, a couple years ago when I took a writing class, and I had never really written before. And so I, I put some intention and purpose behind writing. And th- what the, um, I guess the instructor of the writing course had us do was when we wrote in our bio, he's like, change your bio and put that you're a writer, you know, or, and that right there shifted my mindset and put me into a, uh, a mode where I was now identifying as a writer and it helped me in that process as well. So these things I'm starting to see are emerging from this challenge and helping us
1: mm-hmm.
0: kind of, uh, go through the process with, A lot more ease and success I don't know if uh, you you have similar experience but uh, it sounds like it
1: yeah I mean I can point to some really clear examples so one of my goals at the beginning was to get up at 6 a.m. and do my meditation do my exercise have a cold shower uh, maybe like um, do a little bit of stuff on a blog or on business development before I started work in the morning um, and to be honest, it felt like well, that's a big sh- at the time. I, so I'm getting up at like eight forty-five to start working from home. So I was not anywhere. Close to six. Um, and I was still getting those other things done, but sporadically at best, uh, and it was really patchy. There was um, soon as I started on this challenge, I was like, okay, day one, I'm going to get up at six and just try to get through it. And then day two, I'm going to just, just today, I'm going to get up at six. And then day three, I'm just going to get up at six. And what I found happened was rather at looking at this long term goal of, um, I'm going to be like this, I'm going to, I'm going to have these things done. What well it's sort of come down to is in this moment, I'm going to show up. Uh, and that just repeats and it's very much in the present. Um, and within two weeks, i started to see myself as the type of person that gets up at six and gets things done and i feel very proud of that and um even this morning i woke up aching like crazy partly probably from doing a lot of work partly because we're in the middle of a fast um and um i really didn't want to get out of bed and Mm -hmm. i just thought no excuses um I'm the type of person that gets up at six i get up at six so i just got up and just got on with it um not easy but again is that consistency you know it's like compounding it's that daily compounding of all of these activities that really builds the character of who i wish to be and um i recommend it to anybody that really wants to to stretch themselves and push themselves because this works and i've not come across anything that works like this before you know, it's funny
0: um, when you talk – I had this, I had a similar experience this morning where, uh, you know, there's resistance there to go about your day but – or to go about your morning routine and get your day started. But when you – it's so easy to overcome now as opposed to the beginning of the challenge because I had that same thing. It's like, oh, no, you're that person – that does wake up. That does do their meditation. That does do their prayer, um, mm-hmm. and so the repetitive nature of this, right? The repetitive hard grind of getting this done, eventually, turns into something where it's a lot easier to overcome that resistance, and you start mm-hmm. shutting. You start shedding away those pieces of you from the past. That's what I. That's what I'm starting to come to realize, and it's uh, it's been an interesting uh, interesting journey, and it, 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 the short sprint really allows you to say, well, okay, this is this is what I'm going to commit to now, and you know, once it's over, you know, I just you know, I'll be able to just relax and kind of just go back into my old self. But as you start getting towards the end. You're starting to realize it was like, oh wait, I don't want to actually go back to that old self. I kinda mm-hmm. like I kinda like the person I'm becoming. I'm I kinda like the man that I'm becoming because this is what I actually set out to become, right? Like this is what my intention was. And so I just noticed that after a while the resistance fades and you just start living like the man that you know you can be.
1: Yeah, I think this is real transformation. Uh, like So it isn't just trying to achieve a challenge um, and then, like you say, return to who you are. This is transformation and transformation and it stays. Um, I am a different man now than I was on the 1st of October. And I will be even even more so by the end of this challenge. And then I'm just going to start another one on the 1st of November. If you're doing one in November, I'm going to be doing it. If not, I'm just not going to stop. (laughs) <laughs> like, I, I just don't see stopping as being an option. I feel like, you know, I'm the type of man that sticks with it now. Um, come rain or shine, that, that's who I am. And I can see in the long-term how huge this is going to be. To, um, and I, yeah, I couldn't recommend it enough to people that are considering doing something like this.
0: Yeah, you um, know, it's it's interesting because as I'm doing it, I'm thinking about like, what I've accomplished in one month, right? and and mm-hmm. I, I don't know I don't know what what you've accomplished so far, but um, as far as what I've been able to do in one month in my personal life uh, and in my professional life, these are goals that I've had on the shelf for so long. And, <laughs> and now that I'm actually putting in the time, effort, focus to getting them done, and then I also commit to it within with the spreadsheet and then also acknowledge it and pronounce it to the group and so now there's this whole accountability factor that's attached to it so there's all these motivational forces that are pushing me to get stuff done where before i would just leave it on the shelf and then you look back and you look back, man look okay it's been you know x amount of days or x amount of weeks and it's like holy cow all this stuff that i've had pending for so long is finally done and um, that's another aspect to it besides the actual transformation part is the 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 productive side of it you're like holy cow i got so much done and you know you start to wonder well what else can i accomplish what else what other goals do i have and then you start to think well what does my life look like six months down the line because you realize how much you can get done in just a short amount of time and you just start to extrapolate that idea out there and you're like oh wow there's actually a lot i can get done and uh, i think in this world where we're living in right now especially with the connectivity of the internet um you know if you got a dream if you got an aspiration you can you can get at it almost right away and you can get further along in that dream than any time in history before right it's like Mm -hmm. the the it's identifying the pieces of the puzzle that need to get done and just going after it and doing it and so there's also this aspect to strongman Challenge that I like in the fact that we get together and we network we talk to each other and so that gets you going through the motions of actually communicating online And so that's a very powerful like synergistic force Uh, We were talking about that earlier like when you start networking with people and getting and and, and developing your circle of competence, right? Mm -hmm. So certain projects certain aspects that you're working on Can get done a lot faster, right? But you have to kind of go through those motions initially to feel comfortable reaching out to strangers, to making the, you know, the the cold call or the cold email and then getting Mm. on the zoom call. But like all those elements are incorporated into the challenge. So when you leave the challenge, it's like, okay, you've already developed that habit. You've already developed that routine. You've already developed that experience.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's very resource rich. So one of the things that you suggested in the challenge from the beginning was reading 10 pages a day. And I got that up to 25, 20 to 25 pages a day within about three or four days and have stuck with that. So, and I think you and I started this just before October. So it was maybe a week or two before, like, um, just kind of testing it out. I think I've read like three books in the past four weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I've read them well and and being, and applying them. And, and the titles, you know, the suggestions for those books, a lot of those come from the group, including the next few books that I'm reading have come from this group. Um One thing that I was working on before this was launching a consultancy, a kind of um, a peer-to-peer entrepreneurial um, kind of like think tank slash work lab um, with a a good friend of mine. And I was starting and stalling with it, but that has just come along strides. So I'm doing at least five hours a week on that. Again, within the group, um, I just reached out and said, I don't know anything about um, branding and marketing. Who does? Within forty minutes, I was getting solid advice, and I was like, "This is this is gold," you know. Um, but I, in the past, I don't know if I'd been, would have even been able to have reached out so easily. But I feel very confident com- confident that I can do that now.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, that that's the other aspect to it that you you just brought up the resource, you know, the richness and resources that you get from mm-hmm. combining you know, men from all over the world who are trying to better themselves and you have different areas of competence and expertise and they're all, you know, if you got a problem or if you got a struggle and you want to have a conversation about it or you need, um, you know, a quick answer, you you can have potentially uh, a group of guys who all look at it in a different perspective, providing different Mm -hmm. solutions and you can figure out from there which one... uh, which one you want to apply and which one makes the most sense to you. Whereas before, whether you have one person or nobody, you know, you're just, you're relying on a very limited perspective. Where here you can have a very broad perspective. This is the group aspect of it that I really, I really like. Um, And, you know, people can do one-on-one personal development coaching and and life coaching and stuff like that. But when you get all the guys trying to help out uh, and are all very much similar-minded like-minded in the sense that they're pursuing personal sovereignty and they're very liberty oriented um you get some very creative solutions and that's the other part about this uh challenge that i've been enjoying
1: yeah I, i mean i i um i've listed my what i see is my values this has taken me quite a while to do this um and this group has really helped me put that together part of that is the business partnership i'm going into we want to ensure that our values align enough and overlap enough that we work together well and that those values become part of the, the brand that we'll be launching and something that is now on that list that would never have been there before is um fellowship and it's exactly what you're just saying about being part of a group of men that are trying to achieve um very, something very similar but from very very different backgrounds and the collaboration, the support, and the accountability that comes from kind of some like an almost having an oath to one another is um, something I was just never expecting. Um, and I value it a great deal. So thank you for, for putting this together because uh, I don't know if I would have experienced that otherwise. Uh, yeah, maybe awesome. it would have done, but you know what? Yeah. There you are. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. And like what I've done here is I've taken elements from all the different aspects of my personal development journey because during COVID it hit me hard, man. I had to go through a process where I had to reevaluate things. I had to reevaluate my relationship with my wife. I had to reevaluate my friendships, just everything Mm -hmm. in general, um, and really adjust to that. And so that, was like a calling to again, level up because it also revealed a lot of areas in my life that I was lacking, um, lacking professionalism, lacking maturity, lacking, whatever, you know, different, uh, different fundamentals that, you know, you, you would, you would hope to have to deal with adversity and to deal with, you know, um, Mm -hmm. the changing, uh, the changing nature of the times that we live in. And Mm so, um, you know, I combined a lot of those, those personal development elements that I, that I used to level up, but I had to get them piece by piece. Right. I joined a men's group. I joined, I hired a coach. I, um, you know, um, I would go on these short sprints of concentrated focus where I was really like working on my discipline, you know? And so I was like, it came very naturally to put this thing together and the structure together because it was just like, oh, these are all the things that work for, for me, just a little bit packaged uh, nice and neatly. So, yeah, um, I'm, I'm happy with it so far. It's it's, it's having a, a positive effect on my life, and I'm glad to hear it's having a positive effect on yours as well. Um, is there anything anything else you want to talk about, Neil, uh, before we wrap this up? Any Anything on your mind you want to – You want to talk whether it be about the world or whether it be about the challenge or or anything in general
1: i mean i think there's one thing that i feel is really valuable um for people to know so the development of self-discipline that has been a core requirement to achieve this challenge so far to really engage with it i've had to develop a lot of self-discipline um and that's that really is also um, loving the boring bits <laughs> like, uh, or as it, Tyson put it was it you know do the thing you hate as if you love it
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, so that was something I never really understood before and it has had a, an enormously positive impact and I believe as a consequence of the challenge in general definitely me leveling up um, and the self-discipline is my relationship um, with my girlfriend is a lot lot better it's noticed to be better within three weeks, which is incredible. We've had a really good, solid relationship anyway. But I can see how she looks at me differently. Um, and um, no, I'm very proud of that. Um, I, I know I can feel how I being see my others as different. Um, and it gives me... Uh, it, it's a great point of self-reflection because one... I feel like I'm being recognized for who I am, who I used to be. And two, it's another way that I find myself being accountable and responsible. So I I feel like I need to maintain this good character, not just for myself, but also for my personal relationships, but also when I'm out in the in the street, just or you know, in, in the wider community. Um, the wider community needs good strong men. That we need this. Um and it's we have to take it upon ourselves to become those. Um and I feel that you know the next 10-15 years is going to be a really telling time for Western culture. Um and the more men that step up, um, the greater chance that we will shift into a healthy direction again. So I think there is a, a broader community aspects and uh, a longer time frame. Um, like you said just shortly, uh, you said about uh, you know, where will I be in six months? And I start to think, you know, what's the possibility in five years? It's beyond my imagining, as long as as long as I can stick with the discipline, I think then um, it's going to be transformational for more than just and uh, I quite of that possibility. And I'm also going to have to own that. <laughs> <laughs> now it's been recorded. <laughs> I'm going to have to own that and and step up.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, you'll have something to
0: look back on, and yeah. uh, as a as a point of reference. But yeah, Neil, I uh, with in regards to what you just said there, I agree completely. Um, my wife is also um, noticing the changes in me, and um, yeah, with with regard to everything else, I. I couldn't align with it more. You know, society needs strong men to level up, to become leaders in whatever facet, whatever mm-hmm. capacity they can. And um, this, you know, this is the start of it. Like, you know, working on yourself and building yourself up is how, you know, collectively change occurs, uh, especially cultural change. So um yeah. You New, know, I can't. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you coming on and having this conversation with me. Thank you, brother. Thank you for sharing uh, your insights and your journey so far. And uh, I look forward to the. We're we're on week three. We just started week three, so I look forward to the next two weeks. And uh, yeah, we'll. Uh, I'll see you around on the inside there of uh, of the challenge area.
1: Thank you, Michael. I appreciate you um, opening some time for me today. It's been a real. Pleasure.